and welcome to In My Mug, episode 126 on Monday the 11th of April 2011. My name is Steve Layton and I think I like coffee me. I don't like these starts, I need to change them. Oh well. Anyway, uh, very good response to last week's shortened version, but unlucky because we're going to be back to normal today because I've got loads to ramble on about, um, so I hope you're going to enjoy it. Um, this week's coffee is from a farm that we worked with last year in Brazil. Uh, it's one of the Bahia collection, one of our direct trade ones, which is called Espirito de Santo. Um, we had it way back on, oh crikey, um, when was it? Uh, a long time ago anyway. Uh, but we haven't done this year's Catura yet, which is the variety we had last year. But before we get on to that one, we're going to do the one which is Tapazio, which is today. And I'll go into more what it's called. Uh, to Pasio in a second. Um, so, 2008, I went to Brazil and I spent a, a really short space of time in the Chiapa Diamantina area. Uh, one of the farmers I got to meet was Michael Fretas, uh, a farmer around about the same age as me, uh, full of opinions like me, uh, incredibly confident unlike me, um, but he spent an hour telling me about how I should roast coffee and what I was doing wrong, um, in Portuguese, so I understood nothing. Um, and he'd been roasting for approximately a week. Um, his roast had just arrived a week before I arrived. So uh, a very, very confident chap. Um, and to be honest, we clashed a little bit, but um, I never got to visit the farm that year, just got to meet him. Uh, and he sent some samples, cut them, and I absolutely fell in love with it. So uh, it was kind of like one of those things where we hadn't hit it off, but his coffee had really hit it off with me. So. Um, so we bought it last year direct trade. This year we, we uh, went back to Bahia and I actually got to meet, uh, meet him again and got to go to the farm this time. And this time we really, really hit it off. Um, it was weird. It, it, we were really, um, it was completely opposite to the year before. He's super confident, he's super intelligent. And with that, I think, comes that confidence in, in his own abilities. But he, he has every right to be because his farm is so well run and so well put together. Um, it's located in Piaca, where a lot of the great coffees we've bought this year are, um, in the state of Bahia. Elevation around about 1,300 metres above sea level, which is really high for the area, one of the highest. Um, Michael has done well in Cup of Excellence in the past because he's a very talented producer. Um, the annual production on the farm is around about 250 bags. Um, I personally think that would be a lot more, but Michael is incredibly picky about what he lets go out. And a lot of the coffee that he, he sends out goes to the commodity market. Um, and uh, Michael's been playing with varietals, and I said this is, this is a Tapazio. It's an experimental lot that he put in uh, to see how it worked. Uh, it's not something that's been particularly grown a lot in the area, but he felt that there were some uh, good reasons to grow it. Uh, Two of the reasons is the two varietals it's spliced with, which is Mundanobu and Yellow Katura. Um, uh, Katai, sorry, not Katura, Katai, which are, are very, very popular coffees in Bahia uh, and particularly in, in Piaca. Um, was developed by the Agronomy Institute of Campinas in uh, 1962, I think it was. Uh, tried in Minas, uh, in Minas Gerais, and uh, it was rolled out everywhere afterwards. This is actually one of the hybrids, which is MG1190, facts and figures. Um, it grows to around about a height of 2 metres, uh, has a diameter of about 1.8 metres, uh, and that is pretty fully grown within 7 years, which is uh, quite unusual. 
Um, it grows well where there is lots of sun because, because it's so wide and, and so dense that it stops a lot of the, the sun getting through. So a little tippet. Um, as I said, both rods have a very long history in Piazza uh, and I am not surprised that this is a, a great coffee. Uh, Michael runs the farm with his wife and his three children uh, and uh, they, um, they've been on the farm for around about 10 years. I think it was 2004, Michael came fourth in Cup of Excellence, something like that. Uh, did very, very well and, and just has won lots of internal competitions uh, in Brazil. So, let's get into the numbers. The farm is called Brazil Fazenda Espirito de Santo. Uh, the owner is Michael Fretas, as I said, who lives with his wife Patricia and his three daughters. Uh, the closest city to the farm is Piaca. It's around about 10-15 minutes drive from the town centre. Uh, full-time employees on the farm, he has six full-time employees uh, and that's 45 to 55 seasonal pickers at different times of the year. Um, the farm is so isolated, it doesn't have any power or uh, any electricity kind of thing. So uh, Michael has a very low diesel generator on the farm as well, which I, I found uh, most disturbing that broke the, uh, the peace and quiet. Um, the varietals Michael has on the farm is Capayi, Tapazio, which we have here. He grows Pacamara, he has uh, an Indonesian Java, He's, he has Katakayi, he has Obakan, he has Akayan, and he also has Bourbon. Guy has an awful lot of experimental gardens on the farm. Uh, so this is a tapazio. Uh, it has an altitude of up to 1,300 metres, which is really high for that area. Um, total farm area is 27 hectares, of which only nine are planted with coffee. There's an awful lot of wild, uh, wild land and uh, trees and things um, on the farm. And I think that's everything. So I'm going to whack your paws. I'm going to go make the drinks. Uh, and I will be, actually before I do that, I better tell you why I'm here, I don't know, why I'm in this big warehouse. This is the new roastery that has been going to be moving into in the next couple of weeks. Uh, this is some of it, there's also another space through there. We're going to have offices upstairs and all sorts of grandeur. Um, and I thought it might be kind of quite nice to do because we've just managed to clear everything out, we've just got the keys, so we thought we'd do it in here. And um, yeah, we'll do a few of these over the coming months, I think, of, uh, as, as things develop and bricks and things get built. So anyway, I'm going to whack you on pause and I should be back in just a moment. Right, so I'm back, so I'm going to dive straight into the espresso. So from the aromas, um, I was smelling the grinds earlier, which I'll get into in a minute, but it didn't smell very naturally, but from the espresso it really does, so. Okay, that's big. It's really big. You've got massive mouthfeel. There's a little hint of like um, a, a cooking sherry kind of taste to it. Um, a beautiful aniseed, and I keep coming back to this aniseed. Mixed in with the blackcurrant, do you remember those aniseedy blackcurranty sweets you used to get? And I don't know what they were called, but they, it is just like that. A little bit of kind of like that licorice kind of aniseedy bit to it as well. With a really, really nice dark chocolate finish. I think that's lovely. I'm going to dive straight into the cappuccino now. It has a punch, it changes, the flavour isn't the same, the dark chocolate becomes the main factor in it when you add milk to it opens it up a lot more, takes some of those kind of more naturally aniseed flavours away, but the black currant is coming through again on the milk. 
Definitely changes the way that it interacts, and I can get them dark chocolate would be the main descriptor of juice there. So I'm going to pour the Chemex. And as you know, I'm a big fan of the old brewed way. Before I drink it, I'm just going to stick my snozzer in the bowl and just show you a picture of the rose colour. It's, I don't know, it kind of really is an aroma. You smell that kind of big sherry booziness. Real natural fun to it. As beans, it didn't, as grain really opens it up again. Smell the beans and then smell the grains and you'll really see the difference between the two. So, and you'll see from the rose colour, medium dark, quite dark for us. I think we're kind of really touching the edges of where we take coffee there, and particularly in Brazil. But I think this coffee's big and bold enough to kind of cope with that. And if you want to listen a little bit more about me talking about rose profiles and stuff, link below to the audio brew I did this week on um, why coffees will be roasted darker than others. Interesting listen if you can cope with a little bit more of me. This isn't a dirty uh, natural, not at all. I think it's kind of got lots of interesting, almost washed flavours going on in there with that black currant in there. It's big. I mean, it really is superbly big with the lovely aniseed part coming through again. You don't get any of that kind of sherry, boozy, kind of naturally with the Chemex as you do with the espresso and a little bit with the cappuccino. Kind of disappears a bit in that one. So let's put them in an order of preference. I love the espresso. For me, that is an amazing espresso drink. I think I'm going to put milk as number two, which is a bit unusual for me, but I, I do like the, the, when it's kind of big and bold and then brewed as number three. Right, I'm going to wrap up. Uh, this place feels a bit haunted. It feels really weird. Anyway, life is too short for bad coffee.